Hi, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I want to thank you for joining us today online. I want you to go right now before we get started and download our app. You can download it from the Apple App Store or from the Google Play Store by simply searching Word of Life Carlsbad. If you would like to give today, then you can give online by going to our app or our website, or you can also text 84321, and when you search, just search Word of Life Carlsbad. A moment ago, it's great to be home and, and be with you again today. Just flew in last Monday night from, from Guatemala and uh, was able to preach last Sunday morning at La, La Palabra, my, my, uh, my Spanish doesn't roll off the end of my tongue sometimes too well. Uh, Palabra in Acción in Guatemala City with uh, Pastors Alvaro and Ondina Santizo. And uh, for those of you uh, that, that remember, they are the ones that, uh, that we are connected with there and, and involved with. Uh, um, you know, just sewing into to their ministry and their church there. And I, I had an opportunity not only to preach there um, uh, last Sunday morning, but on Saturday I was able to spend most of the day with them, just encouraging them and, and uh, uh, challenging them with regard to, uh, to vision. And uh, you know, and, and, and goals, and and uh, you know, trying to to really encourage them to to let the spirit of God just open their eyes and to see some things in a fresh new way. That that uh, uh, you know, I want us to just take a moment, and I want us to pray for them, but also uh, for our great friends uh, that took care of me all week while I was there, uh, John and Tracy Bachelor and Mission Four Twelve. In uh, uh, in Quesaltenango, and uh, I preached two weeks ago. I preached there at, at their church and ministered to their congregation, and uh, uh, then on, on Wednesday, in between, I was in Salcaja and uh, uh, ministered there with Pastor Alberto, and uh, uh, just really great times of, of ministry and. And uh, so in the Word of God, but uh, I want us to pray for um, uh, Alvaro and Ondina and La Palabra and Acción in uh, in Guatemala City and, Mich and for Mission 412 from Tracy and John Bachelor in uh, um, Quesaltenango. And so, anyway, let's just take a moment and pray for them, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we just thank you for our friends in uh, Guatemala. And Father, the, the divine connection that you have made between us and them. And Father, that, uh, that we are, we, we've had an opportunity, Father, to speak into their lives as, as they have been a blessing to our life as well. And we thank you for that today in Jesus' name. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus, as the Apostle Paul prayed for the Ephesians, that the eyes of their understanding be opened and enlightened, that they may know who they are and what they have in a, in a greater way than they've ever seen that before. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you that, uh, uh, that every need 
is supplied according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Father, we just thank you for that. Father, we just declare no lack, no want, no, nothing missing, nothing broken in their lives and in their ministries and in the work that they are doing. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, has anybody ever felt like that, uh, that your life was a train wreck? Anybody ever thought that at times? You know, you, you just you felt like, uh, man, everything is caving in. Everything is falling apart. Everything that could possibly go wrong is going wrong. And, uh, you know, it, it seems like that all you ever do is deal with problems. And, uh, you know, and, and let me ask one more question. How many of you have ever been told, maybe it was from a pulpit, maybe it was from a well-meaning friend, but you've ever been told, well, you know, you should be thankful for that because you know everything happens for a reason. Anybody ever heard that? Yeah, we've, we've all heard that. We've all heard it from, from pulpits. We've all heard it from, uh, from well-meaning people in our lives. And really, you know, uh, don't get upset when somebody tells you that, you know, uh, even though it's not the truth. Uh, well, it's kind of true. I'll explain what I mean by that in, in just a minute. But, uh, uh, you know, understand that these people, they're, they're well-meaning, and they think they're helping you. And so, you know, be thankful for the fact that they're trying to help you. Be thankful for the fact that they're trying to encourage you, you know. But I, I'm always amazed when people say, well, everything happens for a reason. What do they mean by that? You know, if they mean what I think they mean, then, uh, you know, then that's not a good, that's not really a very good thing to say. Um, but, it, you know, the fact is, everything does happen for a reason, but I'll tell you why some things happen in our lives, it's not for a good reason. Some things happen in our lives that are intended to destroy you. And so, you know, if somebody says, well, you know, be thankful, everything happens for a reason, what they usually mean by that is that God is doing everything for a reason. But how many know, you know, if you've been around here very long and listened to me very long, you know that, uh, you know, that I'm not preaching that God does everything that happens in your life. There are a lot of things that happen in our lives that God didn't do. And so to say God did it for a reason, well, God didn't do it. Okay, and we need to learn to discern whether it was God that did it or whether you, there is a devil out there that is your enemy and he wants to destroy you and he is doing some things with that express purpose in mind is to destroy your life. And so that's what we're going to talk today that that. You know, sometimes it seems like our life is a crash site. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about how do you stay thankful 
People say, well, you know, you're just supposed to be thankful for everything. We've, we've all been told that. You're just supposed to be thankful for everything. Well, you know, I'm not thankful for everything. I'm thankful in everything. But I'm not thankful for everything. I'm thankful to God for what God did. But God didn't do everything. There's some things that, that were thrown in my path, thrown in my way, that were intended to destroy me. Now, I can be thankful in the middle of whatever's going on, but, I mean, do, you, do we really think that God would expect us to give thanks to Him for what He didn't do? You know, how much sense does that make? To be thankful to God for what God didn't do. And, and that he is somehow demanding of that of us. Oh, well, you, you have to be thankful for it. You know, but let's, let's dig in and let's see. How are we going to be thankful at the crash site? When, when our life seems to be crashing around us, how are we going to be thankful? And so let's, let's begin to look at this. Um, you know, God never told you to be thankful for everything that happens in your life. Now, even though some people think that he did, he did not tell you that. He did not tell us that in his word. We're going to look at the scriptures and see what he did tell us. Now, I love this passage in Habakkuk chapter 3. Verse number 17 says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, the fields yield no food, though the flocks may be cut off from the field and there be no herds in the stalls. Now, this is a guy, he's a farmer, he's got trees he's got fig trees he's got olive trees he's got grain in the field he's got cattle he's got uh you know uh herds of and, and flocks uh, of sheep and goats and you know th this is the way the man makes his living now with that in mind let's let's look at that again though the fig tree may not blossom how many knows if it doesn't blossom the, there's not going to be any figs. And then he says, nor fruit be on the vines. There's the grape vines. It's time for the grapes to be harvested, and there's no grapes there. Then he says, though the labor of the olive may fail. So in other words, the olive trees are not producing. And he says, and the fields yield no food. You know, whatever happened there that caused the fields to, to not yield any, any food, you know, maybe, uh, maybe it was a, a, you know, in this part of the country, we think maybe a hailstorm came through and destroyed all the, the, the crops. Or uh, maybe there was not enough water, not enough rain, and the crops didn't produce that year. But nonetheless, he says, the fields yield no food. Though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. 
So he's saying the, the, the flocks, the, the sheep, the goats, the, uh, the herds, of, of the cattle, they're all gone. They've, they've died. They've, uh, uh, you know, been stolen. They've gotten out of the stalls, whatever. But the, there, there are no herds and there's no flocks. And uh, how many know this guy is in a bad, a, a bad place? You know, and, and, and sometimes we find ourselves in a bad place where everything that we put our hand to, it's, you know, God says everything that we put our hand to should prosper, and it seems like everything we put our hand to is failing. And we're, you know, we're, we're questioning that. And, uh, you know, I want to change the way you're thinking because here's something. There, I, I've, I've met a lot of people that when things like this begin to happen in their lives, the first thing they question is, God, why are you doing this to me? And, there, you know, for us to have that kind of a, of a reaction, we have a wrong basic premise. Our basic premise, you know, when, when we have that kind of a response to what's going on in a negative way in our lives, we are presuming that God does everything that happens. And nothing could be further from the truth. God is not doing everything that happens in your life. And it, you would do well to learn to discern whether it was God or whether it was the enemy. Now, the enemy would love for you to believe that God is doing everything. You know, uh, why? Because if you believe God did it, then you just give in to it. And, you, th you know, I I've known people that have gone to war against God. Now, how foolish is that? You know, if in fact God was doing everything, how do, you, how do you even think that maybe you might win a war like that? You know, being mad at God, being angry at God, that's the most foolish thing you could ever even think about doing. First of all, if you really knew what was God and what's not, there's no way you'd be mad at him. Because all he's doing is trying to bless you. All he's doing is, is trying to help you. All he's doing is trying to get you to open up your heart and receive what he's done for you. That's what God's doing. But, you know, if he were doing all these things to you, then you would be a fool to resist because after all, we're talking about the creator of all things. You know, how could you ever think that maybe you might win by being mad at God? Well, you, you know, uh, but, but let's look. Here's what this man in Habakkuk chapter 3, here's what he does. He says, yet I will rejoice. Yet I will rejoice. And then he says, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy 
in the God of my salvation. Now he tells you why he's going to rejoice and joy in the God of his salvation. First of all, he calls him God of his salvation. Salvation means he is saving you from something. So when he, in the context that we're talking about, everything is going wrong, and he calls him the God of my salvation. That in, indicates that he, is, he, he sees God not as the problem. He sees God as the salvation. He sees God as the saving from the problem. Yet we've got many people that are seeing God as the problem. But he, say, he calls him the God of my salvation. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will, not he might, not he can, but he will make my feet like deer's feet. And he will make me walk on my high heels. See, he's got great confidence. He's, he, he is not leaving any doubt whatsoever. No, even though I am at the crash site, my God, the God of my salvation, he is about to change all this that's going on. Praise God. Praise God. You see, my pastor that I, that I came up under, Pastor David Emai, he used to always say, this is the guy that the devil doesn't know what to do with. Because everything that can go wrong has gone wrong. And yet he's still rejoicing. Yet he is still joyful. Praise God. The devil don't know what to do with that. You know, he, he is just blown away and, and at his end that you could actually be rejoicing when everything has, has fallen apart, when, when life has crashed in on you, that you could still be rejoicing. The devil don't know what to do about that. He, he's, he's stumped. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 20. Giving thanks always for all things to God. You see, see some people say, well, see there, it says giving thanks always for all things. But let's read the whole thing, okay? Let's don't stop right here. Let's read the whole passage. He says, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, how many of you remember a passage where Jesus is being confronted by those who are, are trying to trap him? And, uh, you know, as they did often, and they came to him and they said, tell us, is it, is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar. Is it, is it lawful? What they're saying is, is it, is it lawful for you to pay your taxes, for you to give tribute to Caesar? And 
you see, they, they think they've got Jesus trapped. And they say, you know, if he says yes, then, uh, you know, he's going to be in trouble with the religious leaders. If he says no, then uh, he's going to be in trouble with Caesar. And so they think they've got him trapped. So Jesus says, show me a coin. And he says, whose inscription is on this coin? And they said, Caesar's. Jesus says this, then give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. Render, uh, you know, if we want to go to the King James uh, language, render therefore unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and unto God the things that are God's. And I like to say it this way, give, give Caesar what belongs to Caesar, give God what belongs to God. And we could say this, give credit where credit is due. If it was God that did it, then give thanks to God. If it was Caesar that did it, or if it was the devil that did it, then give credit where the credit belongs. You know, you don't give thanks to God for what the devil did. Okay? Let's get that settled right now. Get that out of your mind, out of your thinking. And this, this will enable you to, to recognize, we're going to give you some more scripture here in just a moment, but to recognize that God didn't cause the crash. Okay? He's not the one caused the crash. And you're not to try to give God thanks for, for the crash. Now, some people say, well, if it hadn't been for the crash, I wouldn't have learned this. Well, maybe you wouldn't have learned because you were too stubborn to learn the right way. You know, sometimes some people don't, you know, they, they say, well, God put me in the hospital so that I could share Jesus with, my, uh, with the person in the room with me or with the nurse. How about if you just go share Jesus with the nurse or without having to be admitted? How about you go visit somebody that's already admitted and then you could share Jesus with the nurse? You know, God didn't put you in the hospital so you could share Jesus with the nurse or the doctor or the roommate or what, whatever. God didn't put you in a hospital. Now, I'm not against hospitals, you know. I'm standing here today because there was a time in my life that a hospital saved my life, okay? And, and, uh, and I'm good with that. I'm glad they did, you know. And uh, so anyway, that, that's not my point at all. That's not even what I'm preaching about this morning. What I'm preaching about is recognizing what God did and what the devil did, so you can render unto God the things that are God's and render unto the devil the things that are the devil's, the things that he did. You see, if you believe God did it, you're not going to resist it, right? If God's trying to work out some mysterious purpose in your life, then you, you, know, you don't want to resist that. 
You know, many people use Romans 8, 28. I didn't even include this in my notes, but I just want to just want to say this. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and who are the called according to his purpose. Did you know that the way most people quote that verse is not even true? We know that all things, all things being all things, everything that happens in your life works together for your good. There are things that happen in your life that do not work together for your good. They were not intended to work together for your good. And, and there are some translations that have even translated it like this. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good. And, and, and that's, you know, I, I am sure of this, I am confident of this, that no matter what happens in my life, God can turn it around and turn it for good. But not everything works together for good. That is not even the context in which that scripture is written. If you will read Romans 8th chapter, he is talking about prayer. And he's saying that all of the elements involved in prayer, and this is just a little side message here because this is really not the main point of what I'm getting to today. But there are some elements involved in prayer. The Holy Spirit is involved in prayer. Prayer actually starts in the heart of God in what he wants to do in your life. Holy Spirit becomes the agent which communicates from the Father to your spirit. And then you give your voice to what the Holy Spirit is, is impressing on you to pray. And, and then as you give your voice to that, Holy Spirit then takes your prayer and carries it back to the Father. And then Father hears your prayer So we see, I call this the great cycle of prayer. And that's what Romans 8 in that passage there is talking about, is prayer. And he's saying, and all of these things that we just talked about, not all things, everything, but all of these things that we just talked about work together for the benefit of the one who is called to this purpose of prayer. Praise God. And when we begin to see that, we begin to realize, you know, well, all things work together for good. No, there are some things that happen in your life that do not work together for your good. There are some things you need to resist steadfast in the faith. Praise God. There are some things that you need to rise up against. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, let's... Let's go here. Give, giving thanks always for all things to God. In other words, all the things that God did in your life, give him thanks for it. Praise God. Now, you can, he says, giving thanks always for all things. So in other words, even when things are happening that should not be happening, 
still give God thanks for what he did. Praise God. Now, let me just give you an example of this, of, of what I'm talking about. Let's say that you go to the doctor and the doctor says that you have a, a disease of some sort. And, you know, it, it could be terminal. God did not give you a terminal illness. Okay? No matter what anybody says, God did not give you a terminal illness. He did not. He doesn't have any terminal illnesses. In fact, he's a healer. Praise God. So he didn't give you a terminal illness, and he never will. So if you ever get a terminal diagnosis from a doctor, don't even think, well, God, why did you do this to me? Because he didn't do it. Okay? So now I'm not saying that you won't ever hear, that, that you'll never hear a terminal diagnosis. You might. But what do you do when that happens? You don't give thanks to God for it, first of all. You recognize where it came from. Now, you do give thanks to God, but not for the illness. You give thanks to God because he took your illness, he took that terminal disease, and he laid it upon Jesus by his stripes we are healed. Praise God. So God dealt with the terminal disease. He dealt with that. He laid it upon Jesus, and Jesus bore it so that you won't have to bear it. And so that's what you give thanks for. You give thanks to God for what God did about the terminal disease. Hallelujah. And if you will learn that, you will be so far ahead. And just because things are crashing around you doesn't mean that you have to crash. Praise God. How do you stay thankful at the crash site? You stay thankful by being aware, being conscious of what God did and giving him thanks you see, because just because every because it looks like a crash site, that doesn't mean that I'm going to crash. Just because it looks like a crash site doesn't mean that I'm losing. Doesn't you know? Just because I heard a terminal diagnosis doesn't mean I'm dying. Praise God. Praise God, because God did something about it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, give thanks, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 15. Therefore, by him... Who's him? Jesus. By him, Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit 
of our lips giving thanks to his name. See, no matter what it looks like doesn't change what God did. Praise God. No matter what the sight looks like, no matter what the crash site looks like, does not change what God did. You know, I know there are people that they talk about, well, this is a hard time of year, the holidays, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas. What have I got to be thankful for? Oh, my goodness. Open your eyes and look around because what God did has not changed. Hallelujah. And what God did for you is the same thing he did for me. Praise God. And so, if I can open my eyes and give thanks to what, for, for what God did, he did the same thing for you. Praise God. So, if you can't think of anything to give thanks for, just listen to what I'm giving thanks for. Because he did it for you too. Hallelujah. He is no respecter of persons, but whoever will call on his name. Praise God. He, he receives, he accepts whoever. Praise God. So what he did for me, he did for you. So just listen to what I'm saying and then just, just, do, just say what I'm saying. Praise God. Because you can be thankful for the very same things that I am. Praise God. Praise God. I am thankful that he laid my sickness and my disease and my pain on Jesus. And that Jesus bore it so I don't have to. I am thankful, praise God. You see, I love Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Because I have so much to be thankful for. And I love the fact that we have a holiday that is designated for that purpose. Praise God. Praise God. Now, therefore, by him... Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. See, aren't you glad that it's a sacrifice of praise? Hallelujah. I am thankful that because of Jesus, I don't have to bring a, a bull or a goat. I get to eat the bull or the goat. Yeah. Praise God. I'm thankful I don't have to bring a bull or a goat as a sacrifice because Jesus became the final sacrifice. And the only sacrifice I have to do, and I, I really have trouble calling it a sacrifice. I only say it because that's the way it's worded right here. Offer the sacrifice of praise. You know, I'm really not sacrificing anything. In, in, in reality, he sacrificed everything so I don't have to sacrifice anything. Hallelujah. So I have trouble calling it a sacrifice of praise except for the fact that the verse calls it a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of my lips giving thanks to his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. We are to give, or, let me rephrase that, Okay. We are to give thanks in everything because nothing can happen unless it is the will of God. Anybody ever heard that? We're to give thanks for everything or in everything 
because nothing can happen unless it's the will of God. Well, here, here's the way this comes out sometimes. It comes across like this. Well, you know, if it's the will of God, it'll happen. If it's not, it won't. You know, if that were true, if that were true, then God must will for us to do things he said don't do. Right? If it's true that nothing can happen unless it's the will of God, then it must be the will of God for some people to bear false witness. It must be the will of God for liars to lie. It must be the will of God for adulterers to commit adultery. It must be the will of God for murderers to murder. If nothing can happen unless it's the will of God, right? Because people do lie. People do commit adultery. People do uh, murder. People do steal. People do break all the commandments. But if you're going to say that nothing can happen unless it's the will of God, then you have to say that nobody can break any of the Ten Commandments unless it's the will of God. So if they do, it must be the will of God. How can you, how can you ever even prosecute someone for murder, if that were true. Well, it was, it was the will of God for them to murder that person. So, if we're going to prosecute anybody, let's prosecute God. Because he wanted it to happen, and he caused it to happen, because it couldn't happen unless it was his will. So, therefore, he must have caused it to happen. So, do you see how dumb that is? You see how, how ignorant that kind of thinking is? Nothing can happen unless it's the will of God. There are all kinds of things that happen every day. I have done things personally that were not the will of God. All right? I did them, and when I did it, I knew it wasn't the will of God. But I did it anyway. I proved, me personally, I proved that things could happen, things could be done that were not the will of God. And you have too. Praise God. So, let, let's get that out of our thinking. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Not the thing that happened, but the giving of thanks to God. That's what is his will. It is his will for you to live a thankful life. That's what he's saying here. Thanksgiving is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I heard a whole sermon that was a complete, completely wasted hour because the guy preached for an hour that everything that happens is the will of God. So he says so right there. It's the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Whatever happened to you, that was God's will for you. Total waste of an hour. 
and I'll never get that hour back. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to give thanks always for, because giving thanks is the will of God in Christ Jesus for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why would God expect you to give thanks to him for what the devil did to try to destroy you? Now, that makes no sense. You know, there's a whole lot of stuff that when I started thinking about, you know, how does this make sense? I started realizing a, a whole lot of religious things just don't make sense. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 20. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. All things unto God. All things that He did. Praise God. Praise God. Now, You say, well, how do I know if God did it or not? And, you know, and I've, I've said this, that sometimes that we thought things that were, were bad really weren't bad. And let me tell you what, let me explain what I mean. There are times when getting laid off from a job is not bad. Because if you hadn't got laid off, you would have never applied for the better job you now have. So it looked like a bad thing, but it really wasn't a bad thing because it caused you to seek another job that ended up being a better job. Now, sometimes there are people that that, uh, how do I need to say this? Uh, sometimes there are people that just need to be gone from your life. And sometimes we don't realize that they need to be gone from our life. We don't realize the detrimental effect that they are having on us until they're gone and we end up better for it. Praise God. And so, you know, it's not always a bad thing when somebody cuts you off. Sometimes that's a good thing, you know. I'm not talking about, you know, your spouse leaving you. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you, you getting a divorce. No, God didn't cause you to get a divorce. God didn't cause that to happen. He wanted, when, when you said I do, God was all for your marriage. Now, he might not have been for it before you said I do. But after you said I do, he was definitely for it. Praise God. And he definitely wanted it to work out. Praise God. So he didn't cause you to split up, you know. But I, I'm just talking, maybe he caused that person you were going to marry to dump you. Because 
you didn't need to marry that person. Okay, now I'm, I'm getting off on another track here. So let's, let's reel this thing back in. Praise God. Praise God. Now, let me, let me paraphrase. You know, uh, James said every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Praise God. John chapter 10, verse number 10. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So, when something happens in your life that you're unsure of, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Okay? Just go to John 10, 10. Does it steal from you? Does it kill? I don't necessarily mean that it, it will literally physically kill you, but I mean that, you know, does it kill relationships? Does it kill uh, your joy? Does it kill, you know, is it, is it bringing death into your life? Does it destroy something? If it's stealing, killing, and destroying, it did not come from God. It's a real easy test to apply. The thief, the thief, the thief is the devil. The thief comes to steal. Isn't that what thieves do? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says this, but I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. The word abundantly is the word parisos in the Greek. This word means super abundant in quantity and superior in quality. Super abundant in quantity. He's talking about long life. And superior in quality. Not just surviving. God wants you to do more than just survive. Praise God. He wants you to have a superior quality of life. Praise God. Now, that has its own definition for different people, what, what quality life is. You know, for some people, they, they consider one thing, oh, that, that is, that's the life. That's, that's quality life. And yet somebody else says, I don't like that. I, you know, I, I couldn't live like that. You know, there, there are some people that are, that, that are a little bit city and some people a little bit country. And, and country people wouldn't consider city life, you know. Green Acres is the place to be. And farm living is the life for me, you know. I won't sing the song. But, but you know, for, for different people, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's different things is, is quality of life. But Jesus came that you might have 
super abundant quantity, long life, and superior quality, good, good life. Not just good, but superior kind of life. Praise God. Praise God. Now let me paraphrase 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. It, it, it says it like this. It says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Paraphrase. This is my paraphrase, okay? In the midst of everything that is going on in your life, do not become unthankful because thanksgiving is God's will for you. Praise God. Now, give thanks not for what's going on, but give thanks for what God did about it. Because there is no situation that you will ever face in your life that God was unaware of and that he did not address. He dealt with everything that you will face in your life. He dealt with it in Christ. So at the crash site, don't give thanks for the crash. Give thanks for what God did about it. Praise God. Praise God. Amen? Anybody got anything to give thanks for? Praise God. Because what he did about it, you know, what, what did he do about my sickness and my disease? He laid it on Jesus. What did he do about, uh, uh, about poverty and lack? Here's what he did about it. Jesus became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. Praise God. Praise God. When you have chaos and turmoil in, in your life, what did God do about that? He himself is our peace. Praise God. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Praise God. What did he do about, uh, you know, go to his word, find out what he did about it. When you don't know what to do, he became wisdom for us. Praise God. Hallelujah. So God has dealt with every single issue Every single thing you're facing, and if you think he didn't deal with your situation, you're mistaken. Go find out what he did about it, how he dealt with it, because he did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And get a revelation of that on the inside of you. Praise God. What did he do about loneliness? Well, he's your comfort. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What did he do? Uh, what, did, what did he do about orphans? Well, he became a father to the fatherless. Praise God. Everything that you will ever deal with, he already dealt with. Praise God. So find out how he dealt with it and begin to give him thanks that he dealt with it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, we just thank you today. We just thank you today that you foresaw every single thing we would ever deal with in this life. And you have given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You have already provided for us every single thing that we could ever need for life and godliness.
in Christ. Thank you, Father. We're so grateful. We're so grateful today. We're so grateful today for what you have done for us in Christ. Hallelujah. If you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, if you're sitting here in this room or if you're watching me online, in either case, I want to lead you in a prayer today. You see, Jesus said that except you be born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. You cannot. He didn't say it's difficult. He said you can't, period. You cannot. There is no other way but Jesus. Why could Jesus say that? It was because, you know, was, was he against all of the other ways? Well, let me just say this. He was the only one that qualified to pay for your sins. Praise God. He was the only one that qualified because he was sinless. He's the only one that qualified to pay for your sins. Hallelujah. That's why he can say, I am the way that no one comes to the Father except by me. Praise God. So I want to lead you in a prayer right now. And I beg of you, if you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I beg of you to pray this prayer with me. Because if you pray this and you believe it, God's own word says you will be saved. Praise God. The moment you pray this prayer, according to God's own words, you become saved. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans how to do this. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that's essentially what we're going to pray. So let's all pray this together right now. Say, God in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay for all of my sins so I wouldn't have to pay for them. Thank you, Jesus, that you willingly became sin for me so that I could be declared righteous. Right now, I choose to put my trust in you God raised you from the dead so I could have new life. So I choose you. I choose to trust you for my salvation. And I choose to receive the life that you're offering me. Thank you, Jesus, for being my substitute, for paying the debt I owed. And I receive your salvation right now. Thank you, Jesus saving me. Amen. Well, thank you once again for joining us today online. We want to connect with you and we can do so one of three ways. You can email us church at wolcarlsbad.com. You can connect with us via our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash wolcarlsbad or you can click contact us via our app or our website. We would love to hear from you and we want you to know that God is madly in love with you. Thanks for joining us.